A song about a car crash <clears throat> seemed appropriate to kick off episode 62 of the Brian Oak Show as we record here in the Smart Start MN studio in the heart of South Minneapolis, which really is the heart of the flames, which really is the heart of an international conflagration. My name is Brian Oak. I'm here with Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you today? I'm doing fairly well. Good to see uh, our friend Jared Brewington got people down to about a block away from where everything happened and got them to all do the Cupid shuffle. And the electric slide. (laughs) And the electric slide. Like to me, there's we're turning a corner when we realize we can celebrate the life and celebrate the people. And that was really heartening to me. To me, that's Jared Brewington in a nutshell. If you've not listened to episode 60 of The Brian Oak Show, I highly, highly recommend it. And listen to last week, too. We talked to a black business owner here in South Minneapolis, Tony Zaccardi. There is, there's still a lot of hope amidst the destruction and the chaos, but there's also a lot of consternation. And it feels like maybe things that have not been addressed before might finally be addressed. Now, does that mean they're going to change this week? Absolutely not. That is not the way things work. But to watch it not just go national, the just, you know, what are we talking about? Philadelphia, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Chicago, D.C., New York, and so many places in between. Even I think, what was it, Bismarck or Grand Forks? I I mean, you're watching small to large level displays everywhere. I hate that things are burning and I hate that people are getting hurt. But I do love the fact that it's no longer okay, at least for the time being, to treat another human being like they're not a human being. In fact, it's gotten so crazy that City Pages just wrote an article. Did you read that the Minneapolis City Council? Now, Minneapolis is the town that you and I call home. Yes. Um, and I have for a long time, for more than 30 years, I've been a Southsider. And uh, Minneapolis means a lot to you and me that the Minneapolis City Council members are considering disbanding the police. I didn't know that was an option. Well, I, and here's here's the whole bit. Like, I'm not trying to be an advocate for the cops or for violence, but what I am trying to say is like, well, so I don't own any guns. If someone comes into my house or is threatening my neighborhood, I, what do I do? I don't know what that looks like. They're talking about community police, policing. I'm not sure that that's a viable option because even though I'm largely underemployed, I don't really have the free time to roam like a freestanding militia to protect my neighborhood. No, and... And here's where I have a a tough time, that I am not anti-cop. I am uh, anti-cops that are bigots, and I'm also anti-cops who stand by and allow other bigots to be bigots that are on the police force. What's happened since you and I have talked last is the other three officers who did stand by and let that happen have been charged. So... Will that come to anything? And also the charges against our main offender, the man who sat there with his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck, has been bumped up from third to second degree murder, which uh, is important because that's the only way that you can have accomplices if it was second degree murder, which allowed them to charge the other three cops. Yeah, and just to summarize here that I, I, I believe there are good 
policemen and women. And there are policemen and women of all colors, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. But there is a problem with people not living in the neighborhoods they are policing and not understanding and knowing the people that they are policing. So, no, I don't think we should get rid of the whole police force. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, But how about if we really take a hard look at who is present currently in the police force? And let's make it a little bit easier to fire uh, a policeman or woman who is not right. That that That's a huge point right there. There was just a great article that came out about how the union here has prevented change for a very, very, very long time and maintained a more militaristic style of approach to policing the community. So I've been an advocate of this for a very, very long time, both that police officers and teachers should be paid more based on the fact that if we also make sure you're policing the community you live in, I don't think that you should be allowed to sit on a, a, a council, uh, on a, an education board. You you shouldn't be allowed to sit on an education board or be a cop in an area that you don't live directly in because then you bring, you bring outside values in and you don't understand the place that doesn't mean you have to grew up here. Let's say you move to South Minneapolis, 10 years ago, and you want to be a cop, cool. And you know what? Because then you know the place, you know the people, you should know the area you're policing. To me, and I know that's not the whole answer, but I know like I sound like a middle-aged white mansplainer right now, but to me, I think those would both be crucial improvements, not just for the police, but also for school boards. You shouldn't be allowed to make decisions for children in a community that you do not live in. And just to make this small remark that I'm sure will not take us down a rabbit hole at all. (laughs) We have to socialize education and we have to do away with property tax based uh, revenue going to schools. Because as an example, even where we live in South Mm -hmm. Minneapolis, we have about one tenth of the budget that some of the surrounding suburbs have. Even my son's baseball program, we learned that we have $25,000 total for four teams. And one of the neighboring suburbs has more than $250,000 for their baseball team. Right. Now, that's just fucking baseball. Yep. But you, that's ridiculous. But to it, give, it's also going to translate to it, classrooms, right? Like absolutely. classroom resources and yes. the, the science program and the choir program and everything else. I mean, so it's it's sports all the way down. Yeah, my, my wife taught in Brooklyn Center for years until we moved. Uh, we had to move away because of a uh, no compete that I had. But in Brooklyn Center, at the end of the year, she came home and she said, guess what? I said, what? She said, we can't make ditto copies because we don't have the budget for it for the rest of the year. Now, we had to move away. We moved back to the Twin Cities. She got a job in Apple Valley, and she said, guess what, at the beginning of the year, all the kids are getting new Mac computers. Uh And I just said, this is so fucked up. It is. The kids should not be responsible for what their parents' income is and the house that they live in. And then if you include redlining and everything else, we have got to socialize education. I, I'd love to hear the debate for why we can't, why we can't or shouldn't, because it's fucking ridiculous. That has to change fundamentally, so kids get the same education. And by the way, those teachers then are not paid the same yep. in the same poor districts. Correct. So. Absolutely correct. Well, to your point, uh, before we get to today's guest, we had a different guest lined up, but that guest was at the very last minute assigned to cover the George Floyd Memorial, which is happening as we speak. Yes, it is. Uh, but luckily, we've got some allies, some longtime friends of the show, and Billy Morissette will be joining us just ahead. 
always good with the story, always good with the music, and he's never, ever short on opinions. But to your point about socializing education, you know, I know there are a lot of people who are like, this is America, we're not communists. There's a difference. You know, if you believe in America, if you believe that every human being is actually a human being, there's a difference between socialism and communism. And socialism is not the dirty word that you think it is. The police force is a socialist organization. I mean, like they're all paid based on everybody contributing. And and that's how that works. Huh. Wait a minute. <laughs> like that's where it's like what? The social the cops are socialists? Well, I mean, they're all funded. From, I mean, right? No, no, no. From a structure that's point. A, that's what I mean. There's it's no, like there's no question. We can do it for police, but why would we do it on a preventative side mm. and educate the children so that they can have opportunity? Oh, we wouldn't want to do that. Interesting point, Sean. Interesting. You sound like a dangerous rogue element, and I'm sure that the authorities are on their way. But to your point, this particular song right here is an often overlooked song that came off of an album that was massively popular. Back in 1991, Red Hot Chili Peppers put out Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and this was the year that Alternative broke. They had been a great college band. They'd been a great alternative band throughout the 80s. Then Nirvana kicked the door open with Nevermind, and all these bands that have been putting in the hard work like your REMs and your Red Hot Chili Peppers, they put out records. Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out and it had massive, massive hits on it. Uh, You know, like songs like Suck My Kiss and Give It Away, Under the Bridge, Breaking the Girl. But this was the opening track on this particular record. And I want you to listen to the lyrics very, very closely because, or or, or look them up while you're listening to this show, because everything it says in here is absolutely crucial. Red Hot Chili Peppers on The Brian Oak Show.
get near me. Misery is not my friend, but I'll break before I bend. What I see is insanity. Whatever happened to humanity? Whatever happened to humanity? Whatever happened to humanity? One of the verses from that song, actually every verse from that song is incredibly powerful. Right or wrong, my song is strong. You don't like it, get along. Say what I want, do what I can. Death to the message of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't buy supremacy. Media chief, you menace me. The people you say cause all the crime. Wake up, motherfucker, and smell the slime. Blackest anger, whitest fear. Can you hear me? Am I clear? My name is peace. This is my hour. Can I get just a little bit of power? Red Hot Chili Peppers on the Brian Oak Show. And I that song turns 30 years old next year. That's crazy. And at the time that song came out, it was already, I don't know, 25 years past when this really started to boil over in America. It's amazing it's been this long, and it's amazing it's bubbling to a head, and it's amazing that we haven't done better, myself included, man. I I don't exempt myself, despite the fact that I've considered myself an ally. Being an ally maybe isn't good enough anymore. No, it's not. That's what I said, too. I said I, I haven't done enough. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. And, um, you know, just thinking like, well, no, I'm a nice liberal guy who yeah. has, I have black friends, Sean. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like. Hug a black guy. I said it. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's just, it's, um, we're at the point where I don't want to see it all burned down. And I don't know that I want to see the cops entirely disbanded. But there's got to be systemic change. And how that works Good God, I don't know. I don't have the cognitive capacity to be the one to lead us to a bold new land. But I also am in support, and I've always believed that every human is another human. I've also always realized that I don't know everything, that I've got more to learn, and I have a long way to go. We all have a long way to go, but it's got to get better, right? Absolutely. I have hope. I have hope that we are going to rebuild stronger than we were before, not just the businesses, but I think I truly believe that there's something happening. Governor Wall said something that I thought was important. I know he's had mixed reviews on all of this, but he he said, I don't know that we really will get another chance after this happening. You know? Yeah. I, I really don't know if we'll, we'll have another chance. The, um, the, well, then it will all burn down if we, that, do, if we, if I mean. we don't start to work that's on it now. There was a guy on uh, Twitter uh, by the name of Rob McIntosh who wrote something very, very interesting to me. He wrote, All 50 states plus 18 countries worldwide participated in Black Lives Matter protests as of today, making it the largest civil rights movement in world history. Wow. And diverse. And that was the other thing that I keep hearing from the elders is, man, is it cool to see the diversity, meaning white people and Asian people and Latino people are participating. It's not just, you know, 90 percent black people. It's people of all colors and of all uh, ages out there participating. Before we get to today's guest, Billy Morissette, I do have to thank a couple of sponsors because despite a global pandemic, literal riots in the city that we live in uh, and it burning to the ground and a, a time of in these uncertain times. Oh my God! But it is a, it is an un, a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It's it's wild. It's hard to get sleep when you hear helicopters overhead every single night. Those motherfuckers are loud. I do want to thank our primary sponsors. I want to thank uh, Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. And maybe thinking about how you save your own butt once you've had a, dr- a drinking and driving uh, infraction seems small right now, but it still happens on the daily. In fact, I know people. 
people whose drinking uptake has c- increased considerably. Hmm. Uh, uh, just some. I, I'm not <laughs> pointing any fingers. Um, that being said, uh, if that happens to you, they are the people who can essentially put a breathalyzer in your car for a very reasonable rate and for far less than you'd expect. And it allows you to get back to doing things like driving the extra 10 miles because the grocery store by you has been burned to the ground or looted out completely or allows you to, you know, get your kids to shuriken lessons. Throwing star lessons. Oh, okay. I know what throwing, throwing stars are. The shuriken is what they're called in <laughs> okay, Japanese. All right. all right. In any event, <laughs> you will still need to travel. You will still need to drive around, even though we're doing less of it than we ever have before. A lot of people are doing more drinking than they ever have before, and mistakes will still be made. It does not mean your life is over. You can get back to a normal life, and for less than you might think, what's the best way for people to get in touch with Smart Start? Uh, best thing to do is go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. You'll get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. I just want to say that it's so important to, uh, if you know anybody that's been through this, please go through that particular portal because Smart Start MN has been with us the entire way. Mm-hmm. They're incredible allies of this show. They've given us the freedom to grow and to move in different directions as the times they are a changing. <laughs> and, uh, and so just please, if you know anybody, if it's your cousin, your cousin's friend, somebody you see on social media, drop them that link uh, or even just drop them Smart Start MN, uh, the Facebook link or Twitter or whatever you want to do. They have been. They they signed on before we did episode one. True. And this is episode 62. And they have remained stalwart throughout. So my thanks to everybody over at Smart Start, Ed in particular. And um, we appreciate your support. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. One more mention before we talk to Billy. Uh, Buster's on 28th. You know, COVID already made it impossible to be in a business. And I live in South Minneapolis. I live less than a mile from the epicenter of all that burning and destruction that happened mm-hmm. a week ago. And many businesses have been torched to the ground. The Holiday Station Store, in different directions, east of my house instead of south of my house, I drove by it, and it's um, it's gone. It is. It looks. It looks like a war torn area where you, you know you used to see video footage in the early 90s of all the war-torn regions where our troops were. That's what it looks like. It's gone. There's no roof. It is torched down to concrete blocks. And there's a lot of places in South Minneapolis and other places as well. It's happened in St. Paul. It's happened in various areas. Buster still stands, and they're still making food, and they're still part of the neighborhood. And I was worried about what my neighborhood was going to look like after COVID. Now, after rampant rioting, I'm really worried about what my neighborhood's going to look like. Buster's still stands. So you go to bustersontwentyeighth.com. You order yourself that Cubano right now, yes, and then you eat it tonight because you're not going to be sleeping, and it's delicious. They are so great. Buster's on twenty eighth. Check them out. Uh, like them on social media as well. Uh, please patronize their business. We're hoping to do uh, set up a little table out there and hand out our uh, Brian Oak Show totes mm. as soon as they give us the green light to do so. They're working on an online ordering system, and once that's done, it'll make it even easier for you to get curbside to go um, and eventually just do you know have that uh, delivery option or pickup option. So Buster's on 28th. Check them out. You know, speaking of supporting the localness and Minneapolis, another guy who's made Minneapolis his home for an exceptionally long time, and he's been a regular on The Brian Oak Show, which, by the way, it might be a mind-bender for him. This is episode 62 of The Brian Oak Show. In simpler times, he would join us once a month for <clears throat> Whiskey Wednesday. 
and he would bring us a signature cocktail. But of course, in recent months, we've all been locked down with COVID-19 because we're trying to flatten the curve on a global pandemic. And then over the course of the last week and a half, our city has literally been on fire. So we're contacting him over the phone, but that doesn't mean I'm not having a touch of the brown in his honor. Uh, Our guest today is Billy Morissette. Billy, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Brian, Sean. uh, How are you guys doing? All right. You know, it's a weird time. So, you know, I mean, like, obviously, I live less than a mile away from where Ground Zero was, where literally a week ago yesterday, the city was left to burn. Uh, And it's it's been a tough time. And I understand the rage and I understand everything else. Before we get into the sort of the teeth of all of it, um, (laughs) how are you and yours, man? Um, I'm hanging in there. You know, um, I live over here on the north side of uh, Minneapolis where, um, well, obviously not as much activity here as what's been going on on the south side. Um, there's um, actually been a, a lot of uh, community help and action going on, which has been really, really inspiring and, and great to see. You know, there's been um, some of the other side of that, that coin as well, you know, nowhere uh, as like it is on the south side. But, um, you know, these, these are, are desperate times and, and people need their voices to be heard after being ignored for so long, you know? I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so so maybe you haven't seen the wanton destruction, but we also realize it's not just confined to Lake Street in South Minneapolis, that people have been roving. And I think it's also important to remind everybody that, you know, the vast, vast majority of protesters are peaceful. They may be hurting. They may want to lash out. But the vast majority of protesters have been kind and patient and singing and hopeful and and working towards the positive. Like, you know, when there's a school that's like, we need 85 bags of groceries and they get 10,000 bags of groceries, right? Like, I mean, there's there's right. still, there's still a, a light among the dark over all of this. Um, it, it, it's, it's important to maintain that. And there are, there are agitators. There are people who are opportunists, you know, there are people who are like, well, I'm taking this because the door has been broken open. I just, I don't want us to lose sight of why this is all happening in the first place. So I want to ask you a question, you know, first Avenue made a statement, uh, earlier today, or maybe it was late last night that said the safe, right. I mean, because by the way, for people who are not familiar, who have not listened to the show before, Billy Morissette is my favorite bartender in the twin cities, but he's also the guitarist from legendary twin cities, punk rock band Dillinger four. Um, and so you've obviously played first Avenue before you've played a lot of places, but first Avenue put out right. this statement, that said, the safety of our guests, artists, and staff is paramount. For that reason, First Avenue Productions will not contract security with off-duty officers through the Minneapolis Police Department, the MPD. We'll instead work with local organizations who represent our community and who will protect and affirm black and brown lives. The murder of George Floyd has made it abundantly clear that the presence of off-duty MPD officers at our events will not guarantee the safety of our patrons and does not support our community or our values as an organization. What do you think about that move? Um, I applaud them. You know, um, I read that statement from uh, everyone at First Avenue, you know, Dana and uh, Dave Sonia, everyone. And um, I think it's the right thing to do. And I think it's something that we're going to ideally continue to see, not only in businesses and uh, entertainment venues, 
but probably in, in neighborhoods and areas where we live too. I, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of big discussions to be had right now. You know, if we're talking about, um, you know, defunding the police department, if we're talking about, you know, instigating more like grassroots community based enforcement in our own neighborhoods, there's, um, there's a lot of big talks, but, um, I, for one, um, think it's great to see some immediate action as well. Um, you know, and I, and I don't think that people have to knee jerk and fly off the handle. I, I think there was a lot of discussion behind that decision, but, um, I think it's fantastic. And, and I think that, um, more locally based sort of enforcement is what we're going to see a lot moving forward from here. You know, Sean and I had the, in the first segment of the show, we had the discussion where it seems to make a lot more sense that if there's going to be accountability and on a lot of fronts, not just on the policing or law enforcement front, that you need to mm-hmm. represent the community that you live in. Like it would be, and maybe maybe it will diminish your pool of available candidates, but if you're going to police in Northeast, even within Minneapolis, if you're going to police in Matamidi, if you're going to police mm-hmm. in International Falls, you should be from that community because then you have a better understanding of the way it works and it also engenders a greater trust with the people that whose laws you are enforcing does that make sense to you it absolutely makes sense and not only um is that something that we're seeing you know with with the state we're in with you know uh minnesota like police officers and, and law enforcement i i mean look at look at the people who are coming in from not only not in our local communities um out of out of out of state for christ's sake to come in and stir the pot, you know, it's, I don't know what kind of person, what kind of opportunist decides to, to see a, a community suffering and trying to, trying to bring about a, a change for the better and to just wantonly roll in and decide you're going to fucking split some heads. I mean, what, what, what is wrong with people? I don't, well, I hey, don't understand it. Here's the bit though. And so like, so you, Dillinger four. I think I can safely call a punk rock band, and I think a lot of people who are like are like are like by way, and I just did. Uh, who think of punk rock bands are like anarchy, destroy everything. That's never ever been the vibe of Dillinger Four. Now there may be punk bands who have been pure anarchists, but those people who come in from out of state, those people who exploit an opportunity to destroy, to burn, to loot, those are. Well, so-called anarchists, but punk rock to me was never about anarchy. You know, what I've done over the last few days, I've, I've gone through my entire Dead Kennedys catalog and some of my Dillinger 4 <laughs> catalog, and it's about it's about being aware. It's not about burning everything to the ground. It's about being aware and being smart and being in control of your own life. So for someone who's like, well, he's in Dillinger 4, he's an anarchist, that's not true. And, and not that you guys had a mission statement or you're like, we're going to, we're this is our thing, and we like a manifesto, right? Like you just, you were a band that was fighting against an oppressive system, even for white people. I mean, just, you know, and and so when you when you hear, you know, like I think when people think, like well punk rock bands they're agitators you guys actually gave a shit and that's why you'd made the music you made and continue to make the music you make yeah right i mean i you know Dillinger four is is a band that i'm 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 very proud of our lyrics across the board you know we kind of have a rule the songs have to be about something And, and people sometimes get sidetracked by you know the funny song titles and 
know, the song titles do tie in though too. You know, Patty goes through all the lyrics and Patty titles all the songs, but he he kind of boils it down. But but yeah, Dillinger Four, like um, absolutely, we've we've called for change, and and you know, um, we I like to think that we do it in a intelligent, thought out way, but you know, as we're seeing, also maybe maybe sometimes you do have to burn it down. You know, um, you know, sometimes great change needs to be taken away from people in power because you know people in power don't want great change you know? yeah no i i totally get it so let's hear one of your songs let's hear a dillinger four song you picked out contemplate yeah. this on the tree of woe and i want to know why you picked this one in particular and there are no wrong answers um well uh, kind of just what we talked about um you know this song is from our latest record so it's only a decade old <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, um you know, it's, it's again, a song calling for change um, and uh, calling things out, but also hoping for, you know, a better tomorrow. And, and it's, it's, it's a call out. And sometimes you have to ask the questions too, like, how, how do we do this? You know? And, uh, you know, unfortunately we find ourselves in the same, if not a, a, a greater position of, of, of questioning and, and calling out for change than we were when this was released. But um, I thought that, in the state of what's going on uh, today that uh, this song was uh, particularly relevant.
Son of a bitch, your band is good, man. Unbelievable. Billy Morissette <laughs> is our guest. Dillinger 4, uh, that song right there. And the lyrics are good. The melody's good. You know, even as we've discussed many, many times in the past over more than a drop of the brown, I don't mind how loud the music is. I don't mind the direction the music goes. I don't mind the genre or the format. But there's always got to be melody. And your band, damn, your band knows a way around a song. Dillinger 4 right there on the Brian Oak Show. Before we get back to Billy Morissette, I do have to make a quick mention of my friend, my cohort, my producer. Irish brother. My Irish brother, exactly. Our people have been oppressed. Anyway, <laughs> um, I just uh, I wanted to mention Sean Bernard, who, in addition to all of his hard work on the Brian Oak Show podcast, episode 62 right here, by the way, is a realtor for Edina Realty at 50th in France. And despite a global pandemic, despite South Minneapolis riots, People are still buying and selling homes and renting, aren't they? They are. There's some madness happening with all of it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's people that they're they're not qualifying for loans, and some some of those things are happening. So mm-hmm. it's not all rosy. Of course not. But people are still moving. I think one of the things is people have been in their homes so much that some of them are saying, "I don't want to live here anymore." I hate this place. <laughs> exactly. I, didn't, I, I thought I hated this place, but now I know for a fact I hate this or place. I need more room away from my spouse. Well, there's that's time apart makes time together. They're more special. Yes, it does. So give me a call, 612-859-2594. That is also a texting number if you're one of those people that likes to text first because you're afraid of realtors and that mm. they will talk you into big, bold things. So uh, anyway, do that. And then a uh, portion of every sale goes to the Warming House, which is on 40th and Bryant, little uh, music venue, nonprofit music venue, trying to make it all happen with COVID-19 happening and everything else. Um, so a portion of the sales goes to them. And then I also give people a one-year membership for two to the warming house just for buying or selling with moi. Can you hook me up with a timeshare somewhere? I understand that's a really good deal to get involved in a timeshare. If you got a couple of hours, Brian, I can get you into a meeting with one of the executives <laughs> at the timeshare company. Oh. Is there a free steak dinner or show at the end of it? There is a steak dinner, but I'm not sure the quality of the steak. <laughs> yeah, no, those steaks, those steaks are frozen, and they've been frozen <laughs> since the, the, the Clinton administration. It is the Brian Oak Show. We're talking to Billy Morissette. Normally, we love to have him in person because he is a bartender to the stars and always brings in a new concoction. And Billy, I can't tell you how much I look forward to the next time that happens. In the meantime, though, we've got oh. him on the phone. Uh, I got to ask you, man. So you are, first and foremost, in my humble opinion, a rocker, and you haven't been able to play a show in a minute. Is it making you crazy, or were you already doing shows infrequently enough that you're you're still getting by? No, I'm actually uh, chomping at the bit. You know, um, we actually had a show cancel last uh, last minute, right at sort of the beginning of this. We were we were playing a show in Chicago uh, with our dear friends in this band, Avail from Richmond, Virginia. Uh-huh. And uh, we were literally on stage sound checking um, when word came down from the Illinois governor that they were uh, going to ban gatherings of a thousand or more people. Mm. And um, uh, the show got the show, the plug got pulled, um, you know, there the were crowds outside the door, bands had sound checked in the house. And uh, it, it was really, really disheartening. And uh, I am absolutely chomping at the bit to, well, go to a show, but to, to play a show too. I, I, I miss it dearly i mean what's not to like you know friends drinks and loud guitars i'm there oh 
Fred, friends, drinks, and loud guitars should be, when you write your memoir, that should actually absolutely be the name of it. You know, I think I told you this story already, but about a month ago, I was supposed to be in Los Angeles because my daughter bought me for my birthday tickets to go see Cruel World, Bauhaus, Blondie, Devo, Echo and the Bunnymen, Psychedelic Furs, Violent Femmes, The Church, English Beach, PIL, Gary Newman, Gene Loves Jezebel, Mark <laughs> Almond of Soft. Oh, man, I'm a Newmanoid through and through. Uh, and they, it, just, it just kept getting better. Berlin was going to be there. 45 Grave was going to be there. Christian wow. Death. And, and then it got pushed to September. And now the governor, and I think rightly so, is saying, we just can't do these sorts of get-togethers. So instead of being postponed, it's completely canceled. Now and again, oh. amidst the backdrop of what we're talking about, the death of George Floyd, th- these are very these are very minor injuries. These are very minor sufferings. Um, I'm still alive, and I can still choose to listen to those bands on the days that I choose. You know, as we record this right now, Billy, George Floyd's memorial is happening, and Minneapolis... And maybe the world, maybe, I mean, fingers crossed, transformed forever. What's weird to me is black men have been killed by the police for decades and maybe generations. But for some reason, and maybe it's COVID-19, maybe it's everyone being cooped up, this one has set off a shockwave that has literally traveled around the globe. When do you see us getting back? When do you see, uh, do you do you think that there will I would hate to think that George Floyd died for nothing, as so many before him have. Do you think this is the one where we'll see at least a, a modicum, a, a small increment of positive change? I, I think we already have. I don't think George Floyd's death will will be in vain. And and you're absolutely right. It's been amazing to see not only the solidarity and solidarity in our own communities, but um, nation and worldwide. I mean, this this is the spark, right? I mean, it certainly feels like it. I mean, look at the change that is already happening, but there's, mm-hmm. there's so much more to do, you know, and uh, and I'm so happy that over there um, at Cup Foods, you know, George Floyd's uh, mural, you know, where, where he was murdered um, has, has been such um, constantly peaceful gatherings. Like, it, it makes me so happy um, that, that people are able to gather and, and, and pay tribute to George Floyd there peacefully. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, we, we, we can't let this go away. We need to keep pressure up to extent. And especially here, starting locally with re- removing Bob Kroll, you know, the president of the Police Officers Federation here mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, you know, who you know came out with this quote the other day saying he was going to continue fighting for those those cops' jobs. You know, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they still have their jobs, you know, uh, from a prison cell where, where they belong. Um you know, now we have labor unions calling for resignation, mm-hmm. and you know this is this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the change that 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 needs to happen. You know, we 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 need to take take this this power away from from oppressive people and and give it back to the people. Is as as almost corny as that sounds. You know, I mean, it doesn't sound like corny to me. You know, it sounds it'd be like rhetoric and cliches, but but it's absolutely true. You know. Well, it, it's um, think and, about and this. There's a lot to do, and in addition with that, you know, we we need to, of course, address racial and gender inequality. We need to address systematic racism. We need to address fucking wealth disparity in this country. We need to work on conserving our environment. We need to address climate change. I mean, there's a, there's a never ending list of of things to be done, and 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 hopefully, as I called it before, you know, this spark really 
sets that fire that, that, that brings change. And, um, um, you know, I hope that this doesn't become just the, the, the flavor of the week. And I don't think it is. I think we're just at the very, very infancy of seeing hopefully, you know, positive, long lasting reform and change for the better. Um, did you, did, did you just quote Billy Joel's, we didn't start the fire? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help, man, because you know what? What you said was exactly right. But and that and that's my question is the the the. I mean, and then that's my concern. The list of things that need to be modified, that need to be changed, that need to be improved, that need to be understood, is so monumental. And so that's why I said incremental. Like maybe, maybe we take one or two more steps forward here. Nothing's going to be fixed tomorrow. Nothing is going to be fixed tomorrow. No. But. But we can do, we can do better, and we have to do better. And you know, uh, you, me, Sean, all, and I, again, you're younger than we are, but I don't, I, middle-aged white dudes, right? And so, Absolutely. I, I've always benefited from that stance. And I thought, as a liberal activist, especially in my young twenties when I worked at Clean Water Action Alliance, I'm like, I get it, man. We're all in this together. And I never really understood. And each day that understanding grows. And so what we have to do in this day and age, I think, is listen more and and be aware. We talked to Jared Brewington last week. And when I asked him, what do we have to do? He's like, look, man, I'm not black Google. And I was like, holy shit, that was so funny. (laughs) But also incredibly important. We just have, he's like, when I see a white person throw themselves in front of a black person to save them from harm, then I know that we're moving in the right direction. And that's just it. We can't be complacent anymore. We have to do something important. Look, man, before we wrap this show up, I do want to mention, I can't go without mentioning because it broke my heart when it happened. And I can only imagine how you feel. Um, you and I got to know one another at Dark Horse over in St. Paul when I worked at Minnesota Public Radio. You know, when you work, when you wake up at 4 a.m., your happy hour comes a lot earlier than most people's. And we got to know each other over there at Dark Horse. And, you know, and I had known Patty before, and but got to know Patty and Sarah and the whole crew over there. And I love it there, but since I'm not in St. Paul much anymore, don't go there. And the, the, the you know, the sister bar was Muddy Waters in Uptown, which kind of became my new midday day drinking home. And um, you and I spent many a fine hour there and then might wander around the city to do some pull tabs and drink elsewhere. But now Muddy Waters is is gone for good, which um, I understand the economic realities. I understand that there are necessary decisions. And this was before racial uprising, but I just, this is the first time I've talked to you since I think that call's been made. And um, I just want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking miss that place, man. And I know you are probably more than I am. Uh, thank you for that. And, and yeah, it's, um, it's kind of stunning how much, how much I miss it. You know, it's, it's a shame and I, I understand the decisions and there is so much love there was such an outpouring you know um of people sharing memories and photos you know um patty and sarah had called for people to to share photos so mm-hmm. you know buddies goes back to what 80 87 at the coffee shop so yeah. i mean just friends to this day that you know just babies you know uh-huh. you know the old picnic the old picnic uh fences outside of the old muddies and on the patio at new muddies and um you know, it's um, it's it's a cliche to 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 call it like a 
community or a bunch of friends, but like, I mean, it was very much people that were, you know, invested in the place. It was, it was their bar. It was their spot. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, people kind of called it the last, the last sort of remnant of old uptown, you know, like it's it totally, sort of an the, oasis in, in very different climate that is Lynn Lake these days. You know? Well, it, it, here's the thing. It, it, the, you can say cliche and sometimes things sound cliche for anybody who was part of the Muddy's community. And I'll, I'll admit, I went back when it was a coffee shop further up the road back in the day. But at that place yeah. right there, you know, I planted my ass on a seat there on more than one occasion. And, you know, I may have been a latecomer, you know, only for the last three or four years, but I, um, that place, that, that was my spot, man. And so to see it go down yeah. is brutal. And I know that you've been there for a lot longer, but you know, the number of people that I would always see there, Chloe and Kimmy and Adam, and I just did names that don't mean anything to anybody who's yeah. listening right now, but that, that it's was, it was a place crew. I could, I could we walk in the greatest staff. It was Phenomenal, oh my phenomenal God, Charlie! Front and back of house. Yeah, no, exactly. Like everybody there, and it it felt like a safe place. You know, it's like, oh, it's hot and sunny right. outside. You should be outside going for a hike. For, you know, and, and it was great. To I be mean, welcoming to, to everyone. You know, you, you know, like you know, it didn't. Your walk of life didn't matter when you walked through that front door. You know. Yeah. No. I'll we, be, um, we I, wanted you to to come and have a, a a safe and fun, great time. On one TV, there would be sports, and on the other TV would be some weird old horror or sci-fi movie, and that was always the side of the bar I sat on. I will say this, I will say this, Mr. Morissette, your Wi-Fi there sucked out loud. It oh, was terrible. impossibly we bad. the deepest, darkest black hole of <laughs> uptown Wi-Fi. I can't say how many years we, and, and I can't even imagine the ongoing cost of, like, upgrade equipment and service calls, but yeah, we were just... <laughs> We were that we were that, that pinpoint where uh, was it the black hole of terrible terrible yeah no and, and especially in such a concentrated area I don't know if it was the tin the 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 pressed tin ceiling or what it was but no your Wi-Fi sucked but every single other thing about that place ruled and I'm really really sorry that it's gone but I'm very very glad that we cemented more of our friendship while we were there we do have to wrap things up but before we go I want to thank Audio Quip uh, every artist photographer printer friend, artisan, who has contributed something to the Smart Start MN studio. Thank you very much. This show, 62 episodes in, which I cannot get my wow. head around. Um, wow. with Without the support of people who are true believers, this does not continue to happen. And I remain exceptionally thankful and impossibly grateful. Uh, Sean, thank you very much. Thank you. And well, I, can't, uh, I can't wait to get up to Buster's and get that tote bag. Son of a bitch, it's going to happen at some point here. Just once, <laughs> once the tear gas stops flying and the COVID stops flying, we're going to set up something fun for everybody and, uh, and maybe involve some food. We're still working on some ideas. Um, Billy, before we go, I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay. Northeast is doing okay. And um, I miss you, my friend. Oh, it's good to talk baby, to you. Not Northeast. What's that? I'm a, a north side, not Northeast. Oh, you're straight north side. Oh, straight north side, baby. I'm on the other side of the river. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> Look, I've only been over there twice, man, and both times I may not have been entirely of my own mind. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fair well, I'm I'm glad that things are okay on the north side. Before we go, you did pick another song for us to go with, which I understand. You know, the whole thing about the way this is all going down. If we are going to do better in the future, not only do we have to treat other people like human beings. 
And by other people, I mean every single other human being, by human beings, like human beings, that we've got to watch our own, right? Like that we have to take care Absolutely. of who we are and where we are. And, you know, it sounds silly. It makes me sound like I'm trying to be a 90s rapper, but you have to <laughs> rep your neighborhood, right? You do. You have to Absolutely. rep it. It's your home. It's what you've decided to call home. And if there's not any value or any security or any safety in home, if it doesn't, if there's no value to it to you, then go somewhere else that does find some value. You chose a final song that we're going to go out with tonight by a member of the Ghetto Boys, R.I.P. Bushwick Bill, by the way. Still feeling that one. Um, yep. But Scarface was one of the rappers in Ghetto Boys. And why why did you pick this particular song? And also, when did you get into Ghetto Boys? Oh, I've been into Ghetto Boys since back in the day. I I, I, I love those records. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I picked this song. I mean, A, it's a song called Damn. Um, I want to say that piano line is, I want to say it's like a Roberta Flack song. But, um, no, I just uh, thought it was relevant. I wanted to send it out to... Um, Everyone who is holding down their own neighborhoods, um, talking, communicating with their neighbors, watching out for each other, um, all the people who are volunteering to do um, community watch shifts, um, you know, overnights. Um, uh, I want to send it out to, to Unicorn Riot, who is uh, doing a phenomenal, so uh, good. incredible job of, of, of covering everything that's going on. They're doing and, a um, great, great, I, I, great I, job. I, I, I hope it's just a, a feel-good song for everyone to um, enjoy some time uh, in their own neighborhoods. Billy, you are one of my favorite people on the planet. I love you, and I hope you're well, man. The next time we do this, I really hope I can have you in the studio, which, again, is just literally on 48th in Chicago, 10 blocks straight south from the peaceful George Floyd Memorial that has continued to evolve there. Um, I love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Billy. I love you, too. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Sean. My block. You either working or you're slanging cocaine on my block. You had to hustle, cause that's how we was raised on my block. And you stayed on your hop until you made you a nut on my block. To hang out was the thing back then. And even when you left out, you came back in to my block from Holloway. Belford the Scott, re-roll the flocks. We know the spots, so we the blocks. The drink all the blue dots on your block. You probably bred a fat pad of Tupac, a big pun of B.I. Your homeboys from and even when it was storming outside, that nigga be by. That's me, dog. On my block, I ain't had to play the big shot. Niggas knew me back when I was stealing beer from Shamrock, and my nickname was Creepy. If Black Joe could see me, he'd be tripping. Now, Betty still try to tease me. My block, where everything is everything for Jeezy. My block, we probably done it all, homie, believe me. My block, we made the impossible look easy for Sheezy. I'll never leave my block, my niggas need me. On my block, we duckin' nigga haters and the cops. Bombers, chrome dot on my block. It ain't no different than the next block. You get drunk and pass out, and they back you to the hot. And when you wake up on the gotch, you're going right back at it. On my block, when you're that fucked up, they laugh at it. On my block, it's just another day in the heart of the south side of Houston, Texas, making your mark. On my block, with you and all the time playing dominoes. Keep the swishing sweet die till my mama goes back inside. Then we can fly. Everything is everything for Jesus.
block, my niggas need me. Blah, blah. Everybody business ain't your business. What's going on in this house? Staying here comprending. My block, you had to have that understanding. Cause if you told Miss Maddie, she went and told Gladys. And when Punchy Mama got it, it was all on the wire. And when the word got back, they set your ass on fire. On my block, we got some non-fed shell shock. We never quite got right. Now they can hell rocks. On my block, it's like the world don't exist. We stay confined to this small little section we living in. On my block, I wouldn't trade it for the world cause I love these 